I think about death quite a bit, usually at nighttime. Pretty much for me, every night, it's like I'm imagining what my corpse will look like, and I wake up screaming something. And I remember when I was writing my application to Harvard, that essay, and I was thinking to myself at the time, was like, you know, hopefully by the time I'm like 40, I've grown out of this fear. You know, I'll get used to the fact that, hey, I'm getting closer to death and I won't be so afraid of it. And what I found when I was writing the, the Red Book entry was I still am just as afraid as I was back then. My name is Jose Padilla. I currently live in San Antonio, Texas. After Harvard, I went to the University of Pennsylvania's law school, got my law degree, and I'm still a lawyer, and I focus on corporate law, specifically venture capital startups, investments, as well as gaming law, healthcare law, and cryptocurrencies. I'm Mario Brustis. was roommates with Jose uh, in Elliott House in class of 97. I grew up in Brookline, but I now live in Geneva, Switzerland. I spent 15 years at Goldman Sachs, and today I'm the head of corporate strategy and M&A for a Geneva-headquartered company in the world of flavors and fragrances. Jose, it's been a while since we've seen each other in person, so it's nice to have this conversation with you. What struck me about your connotation of death is that it implies you're fearful. But you know what I've seen with you, Jose, is actually you're fearless. You've made a number of life choices that reflect a relatively fearless attitude of taking the path less traveled and, and has landed you what I think is in a really happy place today. The reason why is because I do not want to have any regrets. I think about it in a way that it helps motivate me to be a positive person. I, I think people who know me, I'm a person that likes to enjoy life and to, you know, I, I try to smile a lot. I, you know, I'm, I'm a positive and optimistic person overall. But what people don't may not know is that the root of it is a fear of death, which makes me think constantly about legacy and the future. So that's why I am you know, family is important to me because I feel like that's what I leave behind as well as whatever I do. Whatever I do professionally, I do try to tie it there where I feel like my job, what I do in my profession should be something that is helpful to people. That's with my law firm. I I purposely have rates that are lower than others and I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and those that invest in them because I feel like these are the people that are trying to come up with new ideas that make life better. And I want to make sure that, hey, while I'm on this earth, I do what I can to make life better and that I leave something behind, which in this case would be like my family, first and foremost, like my children, and make sure that I raise them right. And then it, and it really hit home for me when my freshman year roommate, uh, Andrew Pimlot, he passed away um, a few years ago when I guess we were, we were all 39. And it hit home because I remember talking to him back in the freshman year. We had all these hopes and dreams of what we want to do in the future. And to me, it just felt like cut off so so early. I mean, it was 20 years. And I'm just thinking to myself, if we knew back then, now that you had 20 years left, like, would he have done anything different? Do you think we'll feel the same way 25 years or 20 years from now? One of my thoughts is, okay, this 25 years, we, we're supposed to have already done stuff. You know, we're already supposed to have had some accomplishments. And that's why sometimes I feel like, you know, wow, I there's so much I have left to do. And I'm reminded of, 
There's this apocryphal story of Julius Caesar. When he was like 33, he was posted in Spain, and there was this statue of Alexander the Great in this Spanish city that he was posted at. And he saw the statue and began to cry because he realized that at age 33, Alexander the Great had died after he had conquered you know, the known world. And he realized, I'm 33, and I'm just some minor functionary in the government, even though he had so many more ambitions and he felt like he had not accomplished so much. But when you think about all the accomplishments that Julius Caesar did, they were all basically in his 40s. These are things that kind of inspire me, which is say, hey, we still have time. And hopefully, yes, in the next 25 years, hopefully I come back with saying, hey, I feel like I've accomplished something. You know, I think, I think we're all driven by some, to some degree by competition versus ourselves, versus others, some of it healthier competition and some of it sometimes not so healthy. And I feel that for me easing and that sensation while still there being less prominent in my decision-making than it maybe was 10 or 15 years ago. So I'm hopeful that it'll continue to ease. And what I find it being replaced by is something you, you touched on, which is being in an environment that's positive. And part of being in an environment that's positive, it's one that is, is doing good in one way or another, right? So I work in a company that's very ethical and very responsible and, and working in that environment is inspiring in the day-to-day. I wonder whether that element will hopefully stay and grow. And the part of, you know, looking at the statue and saying, man, this dude or this girl is ahead of me, you know, that that part is there enough to keep us motivated and keep us going, but not not overwhelming. That's right. I mean, I try not to compare myself really to others, but I can't say that I expected myself to be doing a lot more than I am now. But I remember someone had looked at my resume 10 years ago, someone looked at my resume and they were like, wow, your resume looks like you have had a lot of struggle. <laughs> you see, like I graduated in 2000, I started my career working at one of the top Silicon Valley-based law firms, which promptly in 2002 went bankrupt. And so then I began my career where then two years in, I had to look for a job in the middle of a recession when they weren't hiring corporate lawyers. And it took me a while to find a job and kind of build myself back up. And then once I kind of got to a better place, by 2008, 2009, the Great Recession hit and I got laid off again. And then my career has been kind of stunted in some ways, and I've had to like work hard to keep it doing what I want to do, which is in, in the legal field, I've always wanted to be a corporate lawyer. And so only recently did I start my own law firm. This sounds like, you know, wisdom from my grandmother, which is things happen for a reason. And as trite as that is, if you had not gone through those, that volatility, you might not have the law firm that you have today and and having the fun of being an entrepreneur as opposed to only being a corporate lawyer, which is can be fulfilling as well. But but for you, I think this one is a better fit. I believe in that as well. I don't think I would have done anything differently. I do think that, that your past kind of shapes who you are and I like who I am. So I wouldn't change my past because it's it's made me who I am. I'm the first in my family not just to go to college, but it was the first in my family to finish elementary school, to be honest. Like, I, I took my wife to meet my grandmother. It was in Honduras, and she literally lived in the jungle. My, my wife was actually scared to be at where my grandmother lived because it, it's a, it was the jungle. I mean, it was not a pleasant or necessarily safe place to be. I've come from that kind of background, and I remember growing up, I was often um, the only person in my background, wherever I was at. 
And so it's helped me just to, you know, people don't question basic things about me once I don't went to Harvard. And it's been, that's what's been very helpful. I actually don't think that's a good thing. I think we should be treating everybody the same. You know, as you said, you've had an incredible journey, you know, becoming the first person in your family to go to elementary school, let alone college. I've had a fairly different journey as well than many of my my family and something I think about a lot. How do you think your children relate to your journey? How do you think your children see your current life, relate to your old life and think about the opportunities you've had? So my children are still very young. You know, the oldest is six right now, but it is a big concern of mine about making sure that they stay grounded. Like I said, uh, you know, because I believe I am who I am today, partly because of what I grew up with or did not grow up with. And I, I like that I grew up not having much money. Actually, I, I, I look back and, you know, I, I remember the first time I had $20 in my pocket and didn't have it like already spent, you know, and that wasn't really until I was in college, by the way. <laughs> so, you know, to spend $20 on whatever I wanted, that was, I did not grow up with that. And, and I grew up living in small living conditions, small housing, not much space. And I was happy with it. I, I never complained about being in a small house that we grew up in. I never felt like I was lacking anything. Now I live in a bigger house. I want to live in a bigger house. And my kids are living in the bigger house with me. And I'm afraid that they're going to have this privilege and they're not going to be as grounded as I want them to be. So it is a concern of mine. And I want my kids to kind of learn that we need to bring meaning in this life. And I, and at the end of the day, I, I think that's what I think about a lot when I'm afraid of death is I can't do anything about this inevitability. And, uh, and I'm afraid about it. But the one thing that can help me be less afraid is to bring meaning in what I do during the daytime. To me, as long as you have those nightmares about death, that means you're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> so keep having the nightmares, keep fearing death, but acting in a fearless manner, and keep being alive. Most people who know me would say that I smile a lot. I'm a positive optimist, slowly metabolizing all this fear that I've got. When I get older Maybe I'll grow out of it And get used to the fact that this life is finite And the only wild card that you get We're all driven by something If we're lucky, we're inspired I think about death quite a bit Usually at night time My grandma on the mountain Some days I still grieve her And I never lost trust In what I was told Of the story of Julius Caesar He stood by the statue In the apocryphal tale Came to realize the number of years that we get Has nothing to do with what's fair We're all driven by something If we're lucky, we're inspired I think about death quite a bit Usually at night time Thank you.
before me Wore a cap and gown No one finished up elementary school Or traveled away from this town And that just makes me grateful For the past that I had Our house was the smallest But we didn't notice You compare, you despair, then you're dead We're all driven by something If we're lucky, we're inspired I think about death quite a bit Usually at night time We're all driven by something If we're lucky, we're inspired I think about death